Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. There's a lot of truth in the statement that, you know, a lot of people are trying to fill a God-sized hole in their heart with material possessions, whether that be business yeah. success or material things, like I said. Um, so, yeah, again, I feel very blessed that all of this came out of trying to serve first and trying to really just be transparent and vulnerable and, and you know, give people a real view inside our actual life and how messy it was. And, you know, the fact that we were in marriage ministry really, if anything, we were in it because of the mess we had, you know, and yeah, it was, and that's, totally. that's why God draw, drew us into it. And I always said, we're up here talking to you guys, not as any kind of ideal couple, like we're here because we need it way more than you do. And so the way good. God has chosen to to help us is to have us go teach other people. And in that process, you know, we kind of have to pay attention to our own household and what we're doing in our own relationships. Our responsibility on earth is biblically undeniable. And what I mean by that is that I don't believe God just empowers us or influences us just to sit in a church somewhere trying to influence those that are already living a surrendered life. But ultimately, it's understanding that that great commission, right, is to go into Judea, Samaria, and then to the ends of the world. So if he sent us into the world, when you go look at that word world, the world really translated is simple. It just means world systems. And that's what you're doing in business. That's what we do. That's what I do in business. You know, I always just believe that business for me is just an extension of ministry. And ultimately, I think when God can trust us with larger platforms, you mentioned that word steward. Well, he can see that we're stewarding our current resources, managing our current resources, right on down to managing hardship and crisis and adversity. I think then God can trust us with higher levels of influence and bigger platforms. And I think it's when we reach those platforms that we can really be a megaphone on the behalf of advancement. That my gift to the world is that I do create space for people to feel safe. And I create space for people to feel that they can show up as themselves. And where that comes from for me is um, connection. I, I value connection. I value trust and authenticity and integrity so much. Um, and I, I really value inclusivity too. And it's because those three things I, I struggled having in my life growing up. And so if I can, if I can bring that to someone else, if I, it's almost like, I feel like when I'm performing, I'm it's, it's like prayer. I don't know if I've ever, I think I've shared this with you. It's, I found growing up, I would shut my door, close the lights, and just sing. And I wasn't performing for anybody, but I was performing, you know? And it was because I was, it was the thing that would make me feel most present to the moment. I could be so present to my power. I could be so present to God. I could be so present to, to good. And 
I didn't have any other way growing up to connect to that part of myself or to connect to that piece like we were talking about. Um, and so now when I do that in front of people, it's I'm giving the same permission. I'm giving myself permission to be just so present. And that there's a vulnerability to that, that when people observe it, it almost gives them permission to also be that present. Completely. Who would they be if they knew who they are and who they were? And I would just, you know, I would get so frustrated just watching them because they were so wise and I just wasn't saying that. And so I'm a little feisty. So I was like, you know what? Well, if they don't do anything with it, I'm going to take it and I'm going to do something with it and I'm going to break the generational cycle. And so what happened for me is I, I just started to just try on some things because I just knew I was called to entrepreneurship, but didn't really know what that was going to look like. I thought it would be an attorney because I'm like, I'm going to get my uncle Steve out of jail. But that wasn't that wasn't my calling as I when I got off into the, the field <laughs> of the work. But there yeah. were some other things that was there. Once I got into that field, I started to notice that I was a great encourager. I noticed that people would pay attention to the advice I was given. I was just giving advice. I thought I just was giving advice. And what I found is that that advice, it became something that started to be real transformational to a lot of individuals. And so I just kept on following the path. So there were seeds deposited into me from my history with my family. I wanted something different. And and I knew that I, I just said, I just knew it. I didn't know what to do with it, but I just knew it that I was called to change it. And so that's how it started for me. I would say we have pivotal moments in transformation. And um, mine really comes from my story of becoming a heroin addict when I was 15. Um, I was a ho homeless heroin addict from the time I was 15 till 20. And um, that was the life I was living until my boyfriend who was my boyfriend that whole entire time, he passed away of an overdose uh, when I was 20. And that moment really was death or change for me because he was all that I had left. Really. He was all that I had left. I had, I hadn't talked to my family in years. I was homeless and um, really had no healthy relationships in my life. And so for me at that moment, I really didn't want to live. And I had already tried to change so many times. Um, but I told myself I was going to give it one more shot. Um, I sold this car that we would sometimes sleep in because we had sold most of the parts off of it. And um, I bought, I was able to buy a one-way ticket to Hawaii um, from the sale of that. And I took what I had in a backpack and I hopped on a plane. And I told myself when I got off that plane, I would never use again. And, you know, <clears throat> I wish I could say that it was that easy. Um, I can say that I have never used again since I got off that plane. Um, but it was a very long journey of uh, really just keeping one promise every single day. And that one promise was, if nothing else, if I did nothing else, it was just don't use. Well, it I'll be honest with you. The TED Talk thing wasn't exactly a, a decision as much as it was a a, a calling uh, from from Mother Nature. So I've been doing these. Uh, I've been an entertainer for such a long time, and a lot of it was I was entertaining people. But was I really changing their lives? Was I really offering a value to their their life? And it, 
other than entertainment, not really. And so I struggle with that. Like, do I have a purpose? Is there a point in doing any of this? Right. I just, I feel like I wanted purpose in my life. And so, <clears throat> Uh, in 2018, my family and neighborhood got destroyed with this tornado. It just kind of came out of nowhere and uh, unexpectedly, like no one expects a tornado to come ripping up your driveway. I'm in the living room with the kids and my neighbor's pool lands in the yard, which is a pretty good indication that I should put on some pants. <laughs> and then uh, panic sets in and I grab my favorite kid and... Uh, we head down to the basement and then the roof flies off and the kid's swing set disappears. Uh, but they don't care because now they have a new pool. You don't know what you don't know. And so over time I've had to, again, that's what I spoke about earlier when I said more, becoming more Christ-like wasn't just a closing issue. It was even a, how do you perceive other people who are not on that journey of faith and having to not be judgmental and be like, why is she wearing that? And this and the other, but I've had to also outgrow and learn the approach and the heart posture I'm supposed to have towards those that don't know any differently and I think a lot of um, my kind of sharing and my platform I kind of learned quite quickly that it wasn't for the world I wasn't speaking to the world and I wasn't speaking about a standard that the world knows about and it's not really a standard for them it was more a standard for the body of Christ it was more of a standard and a call for those that have already said a yes to Christ, who have already surrendered, have already said, my life is not my own. Um, so this topic of dressing for his glory is for us believers rather than saying it to the world. So for the world, I have um, compassion for them. Amen. Yeah. A lot of times when I do, you know, walk in the mall or the grocery store and I walk up to somebody and I say, Hey, guess what? And they say, what now? And, and then I ask them, has anybody told you that they loved you yet today? And 90% of the people will say no. And then I say, well, hey, guess what? I love you. And I look them in the eye and I tell them a lot of people start crying. And then many, many people, Tamara, wow. will tell me, I don't feel like that's you telling me. I feel like that's God telling me. Wow. You I have full body chills. That's it. Because that was the download. I didn't come up with this. Now, I've been saying, hey, guess what? I love you for 22 years because my oldest son is 22. And when the kids are in the car, I would always turn around and say, hey, guys, guess what? I love you. Right. So that's where that came from. But in those downloads of prayer and meditation and getting quiet so that I can receive and I always do it from here. I don't know why, but it seems like God's downloads. Come yeah, from yeah, yeah. You know, it's this, it's this thing right here. It's my like lesson. a mind thing. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, it it was it's a mission. And, and you, you say, you know, I took action. Well, I'm not so arrogant and I'm not so foolish to deny what God is telling me. Now, do I doubt it? Yeah. Is that my mind? Is that me? Okay. No, it's, it's, it's so prevalent. You know, it's so prevalent that I know that it's God speaking to me. And what I typically call a financial crisis, because for me, it was a crisis. And that was approximately eight years ago and found myself climbing out of that pit. And in doing all of that in conjunction with everything else I had going on. Oh, by the way, I also got my minister's license last January. <laughs> it's real life, you guys. Sometimes I think, how did I do all this? Like it really was only like God guiding me through all of it, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, through all of the healing and uh, growth and overcoming, I developed this passion for helping others 
to either of most more importantly avoid going through what I've went through or if they're in that place understanding that they can come out of it and helping them climb out of it because I didn't necessarily go through it alone alone I had people supporting me but especially with the financial stuff I didn't have anybody walking with me step by step helping me to like teaching me the the steps I had to figure it out and that was the hardest part was figuring out how do I do this thing how do I put a budget together? How do I pay off my debt the right way? How do I keep motivated when things keep happening? That's the stuff that I, I grew, developed a passion for wanting to kind of to encourage and educate others on. You know, um, you have to inspire people like where they are. Um, I think at the end of the day, you have to help people to remember often we forget we forget like how many times he's brought us out of situations that we did not deserve to come out of right um if he did it before he could do it again right if if we're still here um it's like uh you know m my team I, I lead large sales teams right and you know Outbound specifically is a very difficult thing to do outbound. But I say, if the customer's still on the line, they're waiting for the value. So good. You called me, you interrupted my day, right? If I don't dunk on you, if I don't hang up immediately, I'm waiting for you to tell me something good. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> right? And, and so if you don't have it, get off the line. But we're still here because there's still something good right? Wow. that God is trying to do. And if you could just remind people, right, if he did it before, he could do it again. You have to have people who are going to show up ultimately. If you're creating a mastermind and that one person or that other person or that nobody's ever together, you might not have strategized it well as far as what the mission is because if there is a, a common thread of mission, then those people are going to show up despite what their schedule is, despite what could come awry. Of course, people have situations that arise, but understanding that this is a critical, this is important for everybody to thrive. Everybody has to show up in the fullness of who they are that day. The fullness of who they are that day doesn't mean that they're perfect, doesn't mean that their cup is full. It means that they're showing up on the days, even when they don't feel right, to be able to pour into the family, pour into the like hearts, pour into the like minds, um, and to be able to maybe that's their time that they need to be poured into, which is such a gift. So understanding that that connection point will help you to help others thrive in that space. Have you ever just wanted to retreat? I always think of palm trees and blue crystal oceans when I think about that. But the actual definition of retreat is to withdraw from enemy forces as a result of their superior power or after defeat. Maybe you feel defeated. Maybe you feel like every day is a fight. Maybe even in your own home, it feels like a fight. I invite you to join me on an adventure, an adventure that's also an opportunity for you to exhale, finally, to understand the power of your personal life, the love from your father and how much that love is meant to be gifted vibrantly to others, but it has to start with self so that you can live the life you are determined 
and destined to live. And that legacy that I know you crave becomes an easy thumbprint, an easy footprint, an easy element from your voice, your heart, your mind, and your actions. We're going to Costa Rica and then we're going to Puerto Rico in 2023. So if you want some true R&R, you want to have all the things, all the details taken care of you, you just need to get out of enemy territory. You want to come and move your body and be fueled from the inside out and have a spa and worship and walk and explore culture and just to know that you, again, have an opportunity to pray in to who you're meant to become. All the links are available below and we can't wait to see you there. I can't wait to spoil you. And I hope you like surprises because I keep a lot of things in my back pocket and that way you can feel even more spoiled. Hope to see you there. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this is going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcast.